Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Neighborhood Conversations. It's a pleasure um, to be back into your neighborhood today. It's always good in the at the Neighborhood Conversations where we have inclusive conversations, welcoming people who are very unique in different ways of their life. And today we have a special treat today of welcoming the amazing Mutaz, um, who is an amazing um, leader, someone who's well, well respected. I've heard that he's a soccer he's a soccer referee. Um, I heard so much about him being an instructor um, at the NSCC campus. Woohoo! NSCC. Um, it's really good um, to connect with Mutaz today. Mutaz, welcome to the Neighborhood Conversations. How are you today? I'm good. I'm excited. Looking forward to the, today's podcast. It's my very first podcast experience, so Ooh. I'm excited to see how it turns out. Looking forward to it. Awesome. First podcast, first for everything. So welcome to the Neighborhood Conversations and we're happy to have you. I, I'm going to start off this question. I always try to say this is like an interview question um, when hiring someone. Um, tell us about yourself um, in, in a nutshell. Yeah. So uh, people might know me also as Matt Ayash. Uh, so previously I lived in Palestine before moving to Canada. Uh, in which my name was Mataz. And when I moved, I changed my name to make it more Canadian culture. Uh, so I changed it to Matt. Uh, and at that time, it was 1993, so quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas nowadays, I've thought about it and realized that, no, I, I am Mataz. And why did I change my name and all of these things? Uh, so I have recently changed my name socially, once again, back to Muataz. As for the government and their perspective of the whole thing in my name, they can call me whatever they want. They want to keep using Matt, that's fine. But socially, I go by Muataz now. Uh, so as I said, I moved from Palestine and moving, I experienced quite the culture shock. I felt like a UFO had picked me up and dropped me on a completely new planet. Uh, when I So, as I said, I moved when I was 13, and I originally had joined an ice hockey team. When I had first seen hockey, I was like, whoa, what is this? This is so cool. Wow. I've never seen it before. Yeah. Uh, and in Palestine, I had played soccer and various things, but I was so fascinated by hockey, I decided to get involved, uh, although it is a rather expensive sport and my interest dwindled by the end of it. So I ended up not continuing. Uh, however, I have played pretty much all sports since then. Name a sport and I've played it. Uh, and later on in my life, I was part of the team, deaf soccer team. Uh, and we went to Venezuela uh, for a huge international tournament so we played Mexico Argentina all of these different countries and we got destroyed uh, I think we won one game actually <laughs> but it was a fun experience and it was really good and at that point well really I continued playing soccer throughout my life uh, and I was always involved in hearing leagues there wasn't any deaf interaction there wasn't any option for that so I had kind of lost motivation because communication was so hard and I was losing confidence. 
And then I found the deaf Canadian soccer team. Uh, they were established in 2006 in Toronto uh, with the goal of attending the Pan Am Games in 2007. So I found my motivation once again. And joining a deaf team, having the communication was an amazing benefit. And I learned so much because previously I had missed out on the learning opportunities due to communication. Whereas now I had an, a coach that spoke my language. They could sign with me. So I was learning all of the rules and all of these things that I had previously missed out on. And really that experience completely changed my life. It gave me the confidence in myself to be able to play the sports that I wanted to. And I started to feel that I could show hearing people that I'm capable of doing this. And when I got back and I started playing sports, I knew that there were situations where I would have to prove myself and do twice as much work as anybody else because the hearing people would kind of like look at me with suspicion as to whether or not I could play. Um, and I've always had an interest in sports but it wasn't until playing on the deaf Canadian team that I had the confidence necessary to be like, no, I can do this. And I could prove to people that I can do this. And that led to me setting up the Ninja Turtles sports team. So it was a co-ed team and we played various sports under Halifax Sports and, and Social Club, uh, as well as Halifax Plays. So there were two separate leagues at the time, and they were just recreational leagues. Uh, and we had deaf players join, some interpreters join, some signers, some uninitiated hearing people who didn't know sign at all. But we, oh, it was a really good time. And over the course of about six years, we had about seven or eight different sports and a hundred or so players. I forget now, it was, it was quite a while ago. And my focus has shifted since then. I went from that to playing soccer and then eventually to refereeing. But I'll stop myself there because I've expanded so much on the simple about me. So let's, I'll, I'll cut myself no, off. No, no, I think that that's amazing that you share all the uh, the history. And also, I love that you have your person of all trades that has a, a huge interest in sports and stuff like that. So I'm going to like start this question off. Let's talk about the story of, of, of you being a soccer refugee. How did it all start? Like, where, where did the passion come from um, in that area? Yeah, what gave you passion? So in 2016, uh, well, actually, after my first year, I received this award. Oh, wow. Woo! That's awesome. Yay. That's awesome. I was completely shocked. Uh, I was out walking a dog at that time when I received a message. My mother had commented on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> And I was so excited to find out that I had won and it had influenced the excitement of the dog and whether or not the dog was excited for me or just to be pet, I don't know, but it was a great day all around. Yeah. One of my favorite days, actually. Oh, wow. So, how did it all start? Uh, well, first of all, I would have to thank Teamwork as an organization. Uh, there's a deaf worker there, Marie-Josée Crawford also known as MJ Crawford. 
she, I'll try to keep this uh, as short as possible, uh, but she provided interpreting access mm-hmm. for me to act, to be able to do things. So in my case, it was a refing course. I, I was going to need an interpreter t- in order to take this course, but it was a matter about funding and where we were going to find that. And teamwork helped me find that. And they funded it for about two or three years. Uh, and after that, I was involved and I was motivated by myself and I was working and doing all these things. So we actually managed to shift it over and have Soccer Nova Scotia start paying for things and take the responsibility away from teamwork to let them kind of set the foundation and get the support needed. And then we could take it over because obviously they wouldn't be able to support everybody forever. Like they would run out of money and all these things, but it was a great way to start. Similar to uh, NSCC, there's a staff interpreter now, whereas 10 years ago, that wasn't a position. So access is growing. It's just a matter of finding the money in the and the companies that are willing to put in the effort and the money for it. That's really amazing. Wow. So I myself, uh, so as I mentioned, the co-ed team, uh, there was a little bit of drama starting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, well, the co-ed leagues at that time didn't have refs at all. It was a self-reft league, uh, and they realized that it was probably time to start bringing in some refs and asked us to volunteer. So I volunteered a couple of times. I was like, yeah, okay, sure. And I really enjoyed it. So then I decided that, well, maybe I could look into this further and see what else I could do. So I found a course about refing. And in order to do that, I took the course and that allowed me to start refing children's games. And then it just took off from there. And I remember my very first game. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I've learned all of this in class, but this is the first actual game. And there were a lot of people that were confused. They were like, well, you're deaf. How is that going to do? Like, what is, how, what, how, yeah. Are you sure? And the one person that supported me the entire time was actually my father. He was like, yeah, go for it. Do it. And I was like, okay. And there was even people within the deaf community. I had one person come up to me and was like, you want to be a soccer ref, but how are you going to do that? You're a deaf person. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. So at my very first game, I gestured, and when uh, the players come to the middle for the coin cause, I was like, okay, I was like gesturing to them to let them know that I'm deaf, and they're looking at me in complete shock, and they're like, and then they're looking at each other, and they're looking back at me. It was very awkward. (laughs) I didn't exactly know what to do. Uh, But after a couple of years, I had worked with several people by this point word got out and it was much smoother and much easier people knew who i was and knew that i was deaf it it spread without me actually realizing that that was happening until one game i arrived and someone was like oh right i went to introduce myself and let them know that i was deaf and they're like yeah yeah we know you're deaf yeah cool and i was like oh okay 
yeah, so I originally, the motivation was just, why not? Let's see, yeah. see where this goes. Yeah. And previous to becoming a ref, I would watch games. And I was like, yeah, okay, this is fun. This is nice. But as a ref, I got the 360 completely immersive view of the game, which was amazing. Yeah, wow. And my passion lays with the game. So being a ref, it's not an easy job. I'll explain on that a little bit more. But it's nice to be part of the game and allowing equality of the game. Wow, that's really amazing. Um, equality, um, bringing access and sharing all the, the stories of that. That's really amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. You talked about your dad um, being the one who helped um, to keep you moving forward. Would you consider, uh, I, I know I had the question as who is your role model and why? Um, let's talk more about that. We're going to take a quick break to listen to some Nova Scotia Works client stories. I look forward to my family's security in the future. That's the main goal as a father. The empowerment from changing careers has really just made me want to get out of bed in the morning. I'm looking forward to growing my business. So I want to hire people like I was hired. I want to give guys that chance. It me fait plaisir de continuer à travailler avec les immigrants francophones en Nouvelle-Écosse. I'm looking forward to the financial freedom that I never had before. And now back to the podcast. It's actually funny you bring that up. So when I think of role model, I think of several people. There isn't necessarily one person that comes to mind. Right. I have different role models for different things. So my work at NSCC, I think of a one person and then any aspect of my life. I mean, I could go on about role models all day. Uh, but yes, in this case, my my dad, yeah. He has a very strong personality. Uh, he stands up for himself. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a story of my experience growing up. So growing up, I I would try to use my deafness as an excuse. I'd be like, Oh, I can't do it. I'm deaf. Oh, pity me. Do it. And my dad was like, shut up, go do it. He's like, you have to figure out how to live in this world. Go and figure it out. So he taught me to push the excuses aside and figure out the things that I can do and how I can do things. Uh, so my entire family is hearing. I'm the only deaf member of my family. And it's impossible for them to fully understand what it's like to be a deaf person. And that's okay. They're never going to get it completely. But if we go with an example, uh, so let's say I had a wife. I don't have a wife, but we'll say for this example, I have a wife uh, and she's black. And I can never fully understand her experience because I'm never going to be able to be fully in her shoes. So it's the same idea for deaf people and hearing people. My hearing family is never going to fully understand who I am, but they're supportive and they encourage me to be myself, to be Mwata Zayash. 
not to be a deaf person using my disability as an excuse for things. They want me to be my full authentic self. And this might be new for people watching. So uh, a lot of the time we hear the term uh, people of color or immigrants. I myself identify as racialized. So, yeah, so my identity would be racialized deaf person. And there's always a debate around uh, people who prefer to start with their start their identity with deaf, uh, as opposed to whatever else they identify with. Uh, whereas I put racialized first and deaf second. And this is because this is a has affected my experience and my upbringing more than being deaf. Being racialized is the stronger of my identities. So I would be a racialized deaf man. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. And it's really good to hear um, the way of how you describe um, role models in, in, in different ways of capacity and in different areas of, of your life, I would say. Um, but also knowing that um, you still um, educate and you still bring forth um, the role models like your father um, and also um, seeing that your father um, gave you that inspiration and motivation to don't allow you to use your disability for something that um, you can um, not do but you can do it you you just need the motivation to do it um, and, and continue to move forward how did you keep the motivation when you felt like giving up like uh, like I always I know sometimes people um, feel that, that giving up, like like what kept, kept you motivated um, when you felt like giving up, when people don't understand you um, or um, within that area of, your, of disability? Yeah, yeah, let's go from there. I mean, that's the billion dollar question right there. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I've been repping for seven years now. And there are times where the game ends and I'm driving home and I'm contemplating whether or not this is what I actually want to do and if I should continue, which is the same for anybody working any sort of job. Uh, but I try to remember the positive. So if I come home, then I get to look at my award and remember that I did this in my first year or remember past games that felt amazing. And I remember that I enjoy soccer and I have a lot of people supporting me. So when communication is frustrating or I'm driving home and thinking about the last game, how I can improve for the next game, because that's really what it's about. It's about improving. I don't want to leave the game and just kind of forget about it. And if I hit a barrier, then okay, fine. If I hit the barrier and I fall down, well, I'm going to get back up. And eventually yeah. I'm going to get through that barrier. Yeah. Everybody falls. Yeah. But the important question is, are you going to get up? Because mm. getting up is what proves to the rest of the world that right. you can. Right. And about two months ago, uh, I... Working as a teacher, this year has been very, very busy. Uh, 
I had a very hard week at school and then I was roughing on the weekends. Sometimes I was roughing night weekend, uh, weekday nights as well. So I was like, oh, maybe I need a break. Maybe I need to step back or cut back a little bit. Uh, so I've actually taken a break from refing for about a month now in order to focus on school and teaching. And I'll decide in the summer whether or not I want to go back. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, there was an incident that took place about a month ago. There was a video uploaded and thankfully uh, that supported my argument against a coach who displayed autism attitudes and comments against me. Uh, and there was a video that captured all of this, which helped during the game. But he actually came to me after the game as well. And I knew that there had been a comment made based on the gesturing that he had done, but I didn't know exactly what had been said. So thankfully there is there was a video and I was able to find out what was said and other people now know what was said. And I did a vlog about this uh, to allow people to know that I'm okay. I, like, it's not the first time things like this have happened. It's nothing new, unfortunately. It was a major event and incident. But I didn't want people to think that I was stepping back from the game and refing due to this one, one particular person. Yeah. I wanted them to know that... I'm doing this in order to have some more time for myself, my friends, my family, right. things that I was missing because I was working during the week as well as on the weekend. So, yeah, that, and that's really important. It's, it's really good that you took the opportunity to recognize that, but also um, um, using the platform to inspire people to say, hey, I, self-care is important and, and, I, and I have to take care of myself and I'm, I have to be able to um, support the persons that I love um, in order for me to succeed in these other areas of my passion. And that's really important um, as you continue to move forward. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, how are you being an inspiration to your students um, at NSCC? I know that you just talked about uh, focusing on teaching and educating um, your, with your students. Like how are, how are you being an inspiration to them to continue to, to build and to move forward in life? Ooh, where to start? <laughs> so the first year of the program, uh, students know maybe the alphabet. So communication isn't very strong. Uh, we use interpreters, such as we're using right now, in order to help teach. Uh, in the second and third year, they're learning how to be an interpreter. Wow. So I'm, I'm teaching people that are doing the job that we see right here. And as you can tell, it's very different. So the interpreter right now isn't struggling to understand what I'm signing. But at one point, they would have been in the program themselves and been a little baby, just learning how to, how to learn this, this little weird language that's happening and developing their skills. And I try to tell my students that. I'm like, you're... Yes, you're little babies right now, but that's okay. Yeah. You'll learn, you'll grow, and eventually your skills will develop. And I don't want them only to grow as an interpreter. I want them to grow as people. Yeah. And similar to any job, 
there's challenges, but I enjoy them. And that's why I like to con I continue teaching. I share my experience. I mean, even right now, I have so many stories and I've gone through them, given the questions and picking and choosing. So I share stories like this with my students as well. And also every class is different. There's different challenges every year. Yeah. You're not getting the same group of students, the same personalities, but the goal, the end result is the same. It's, uh, and it's all about the end result and, and it's different and it's, it's not the, the same. And it's really good that you are um, that um, light of inspiration to them. Um, to continue to allow them to see um, that, hey, you're starting from uh, as little babies, but you're growing, you're developing, you're moving forward, um, and you're um, bringing other ways of, of, of that to the people that surround them as well to help them grow um, and to be an inspiration. So thank you so much for sharing that. Ritaz, it's been a really good opportunity to interview you today. Um, I, I thank you for, for so much um, stories that you've shared and so much um, examples that you've given and so much um, experiences that you have of, of live experience, I would say, that you have given to us as all, um, being that you can share that light of hope um, and talking about leaving us with a word of encouragement Leave us with a word, a quote, a saying, or something that has has light to this community that needs a lot of that encouragement right now. What do you got for us, Mutaz? What do you got for us? Whatever happens in your life, choose the path where your passion lies. Mm -hmm. And once you choose a path, that doesn't mean you're stuck on it. Mm -hmm. You can change paths. Just make sure it's your decision. Yeah. Don't let other people decide for you. Yeah. Similar to me, whether I continue roughing or I don't, or if I want to focus on NSCC fully, it's my decision. No one else gets to tell me this. I can take the break, but I always get to make the final decision. And... There's a group uh, at NSCC uh, that are IBR, so Indigenous uh, racial, Racialized Group of Teachers. Uh, so I'm involved in that group and there's so many discussions happening there that I get the input. But yes, so for the final word, I would say do what's best for you and your decisions. Don't let others influence you. And don't give up. Wow. Thank you so much, Mutaz. Um, be passionate. Don't give up. Be um, open-minded, uh, as I can interpret that in that way as well, um, and share the light. Um, thank you so much, Mutaz, for coming on to today's podcast. And you did really well for your first podcast, for your first podcast. Really appreciate um, you bringing that to the connection. So thank you so much. I like being the real me. It's much awesome. easier.
And that's what that that's what we want. Be the real you. And that's how I'm going to end this podcast. Be the real you. Be yourself as you continue to connect with community. Continue to share the light. Continue to be the inspiration that you are. Don't allow no one to dictate that you can do it. Push. Move forward. You can do it. You can build yourself. You can lift yourself up. You can get up. Get up. Be the one that made that decision for you to get up. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you at the next episode. And we're all going to make mistakes, so just learn from it. Don't beat yourself up too much. Totally. Um, We're all going to make mistakes, and we know that it it brings a whole different light, um, and we know that we can get back up. Thank you so much. Continue to get up, and we'll see you at the next episode. This podcast is funded by the government of Nova Scotia.